Welcome back, everybody. I expect that was quite a quick 10 minutes, but I think we're going to have longer at the other end of this. So um, we're talking about hope. And uh, in the first half, I just looked a little bit at um, the process that we go through uh, when things change and what an important component of that hope is. But now I just want to talk about, because the lady I was referring to, the author, she doesn't really bring her Christian faith, if she has it, into her work. Um, but for us as Christians, hope is a very spiritual thing. As I start this section, I'm just going to tell you about uh, some very dear friends of ours who, who have six children and one of their daughters had a terrible bike accident four weeks ago in London and has suffered very serious brain injuries. And they, the parents, he is a retired vicar, as it happens, um, have been sending really extraordinary updates. And they're telling us about the little bits of progress that this daughter of theirs, who's called Alice, is making. And really, the burden of what they are saying is how important prayer and the fellowship of Christians and their friends is in this process and that they believe although obviously they're very positive about everything medical as well, as we should be, but they are certain that a huge difference is being made by the hope that is being brought to them of recovery. They don't know yet whether she'll recover but properly, but they are full of hope because of the support and prayer of Christians. So that's a really important thing for all of us. I don't think that Julia Samuel uses the word suffering in relation to change, although I think there's a certain suffering that's implied in those stages that I outlined. And the Bible, by contrast, is very explicit that suffering is part of life, as I reference those passages at the beginning. And of course, many, many other passages speak of it, uh, apart from Peter and James and Paul in Romans. And trials and suffering test our faith, as we said, somehow. The Romans 5 passage tells us that we glory in our sufferings. That's a phrase I find quite difficult because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, stability, I suppose, integrity. And character produces hope. And then the key part of that section, hope doesn't disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. That's what Liana really said right back at the beginning in her introduction. So what exactly does that mean, that uh, verse? It means that because we're filled with God's love for us and his love through us for others, this love gives us the strength and the resources to travel through pain and suffering and change and emerge stronger. It means that hope is reliable. And as Christians, we're at a great advantage because we also know that death is not the end. That's not something that most of the nation knows in a way. We as Christians know where, we're, where we are going. Um, there's a rather wonderful pastor who used to be actually quite near Oxford. I'm trying to think of, uh, he's called Malcolm Duncan. I can't think what his church was called a baptist church baptist pastor and he's written a book called good grief living with sorrow and loss and he actually has lost several members of his family and he writes this 
This is the hopefulness that is the heartbeat of the Christian faith. Not that we avoid death, but rather that death does not have the last word. It is swallowed up, 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says. We are still, we are still on this side of the experience of death, but we will not remain on this side of it. Christ, by resurrecting Lazarus, which is what he's writing about at this part of the book, shows us that we will all be resurrected. The foundational reality of the New Testament is not that we avoid death, but rather that we pass through death into life. Death is not the end. Death does not have the last word. I'm sure that you are all familiar with the saying, he or she is so heavenly minded that he or she has no earthly use. And Malcolm Duncan in his book says, we've gone too far in the other direction of that saying, which is she or he is so earthly minded that she's no heavenly use. And he says, really, we do need to be of some heavenly use. We need to have a vision of heaven as well as being thoroughly present in the now of our earthly life. So these true things about death that we, it's not the end and we pass through it, they apply to all losses not just to actual physical death. None of our losses is the end. And we've got an opportunity this morning to have our hope restored if we feel we've come to the end in some way or we've got stuck. I want at this point to uh, read, I wrote um, in, I don't know if you can see this. Do you remember this book? We wrote, we composed a thing called Citizens and Exiles for the Church a couple of years ago the first of those two books and in in it um, I wrote a poem which kind of speaks about hope and about the presence of God and I'm going to read it to you um, because then I want to talk to you about something that a member of the church has done with this poem which is rather wonderful <clears throat> it goes like this <clears throat> sorry I've got chest stuff <clears throat> weariness besets me my body aches with fretting I toss and turn upon my bed and find no place of rest for limbs which tense, nor thoughts which race and whirl and loop the eerie caverns of the mind. My shoulders hunch and tension fills my body. I am filled with longing. Then I remember you, recall your word to me of peace and presence. I am with you for the journey. The memory of colour and of comfort stirs, and on the instant love springs light, as all of you floods all of me, <clears throat> sweeps me through like liquid fire. My shoulders drop, the tension drains, the clenching knot of fear is loosed, and peace comes roaring like a mountain waterfall. I lie now quiet upon my bed my frame and face in sweet repose. You are ever with me, ever known, as I go falling upward. And um, that is a poem that um, somebody called Lizzie Spite. I don't know if you're here, Lizzie. I don't know if she's here. Um, Lizzie set this poem of mine, um, which she loved years, two years ago, I think we've been talking about it on and off. She set it to dance and to music and to song. And I think Nikki is going to put on the screen um, a link or somewhere you're going to put it, Nikki, a link to Lizzie's website so that you can find this uh, work that Lizzie has composed, but also many other things that she has composed 
And I do hope that some of you at least will um, have the interest to, to go and explore Lizzie's website. So I want to publicly thank you, Lizzie. Thank you so much for investing in this um, so much. And I hope lots of us will go and listen to your work, um, what you've done with this poem of mine. I feel very honored that you have done that. So there is hope for us in the presence and the love of Jesus and of each other. One of the problems for our hopes is there isn't a time frame for them being realized. Lots of people in the Bible, I started writing a list and then had to stop because it's way too long. Um, many biblical characters had to wait for a very long time before their hopes were realized. The two um, examples that I did choose, one is Job, who suffered many difficult things and had to wait a very long time before his hope was restored. And another was Ruth in the book of Ruth, one of my favorite books, because she went to a foreign country, she lost her husband, she was very desolate. And then some years later, when she came back with Naomi to Bethlehem and then met um, Boaz and became the ancestor of Jesus, everything was restored, her hope was restored. Many people in history also had to wait a long time. Again, you could think of a very long list and I just plucked uh, Nelson Mandela out of the air as it were, as an example. Someone who said he had a 27 year holiday was one way he put it about his time in prison on Robben Island. And so one of the things that's difficult for us is we have to accept that often waiting is involved. And as Liana has said, we, we don't want to be sort of frozen in our waiting. We want to be able to be full of love and loving others, even though we're in a place of hope or change or both, and we are waiting. I read recently um, the very impressive story of a young Paralympian called Steph Reed. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of her. She lost one of her feet, uh, she's a great sports girl as a youngster, and she lost one of her feet in a boating accident at the age of 15. But she has become a Paralympian five times world record holder as a runner since then. And she, in her testimony, uh, she wrote this, or she says this rather, I had to understand God is wild and untamed, but he's good. I don't control him. I can speak to him and he'll always be with me, but he'll always be slightly mysterious. And that's a good thing. I'd be bored and disappointed with a God I fully understood. Quite challenging. Maybe some of us are waiting, have waited a long time. Maybe we'll have to wait even longer, but we don't have to wait without hope. And as Romans 5 says, hope does not put us to shame. There are two different translations here in different versions. Hope does not put us to shame, or the other one is disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So today, this morning, is a day of hope restored for us personally. But we need each other and we need Jesus for that. For the Christian, hope is not dependent on our circumstances. It really comes from the peace that we have in knowing God and a deep knowledge that God loves us as we are. I've put that in capital letters, much more than we can comprehend. We need to remind ourselves that he designed and made us specifically and carefully, Psalm 139, 
and that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2 verse 10. So God knows the works that we're going to walk in, even though we may be wrestling with the question of hope. This Paralympian, Steph Reed, she talks about failure, uh, as we call it. She says, we live in a world where I cannot guarantee the results. God set me on this path of sport as he knew this was the best way to teach me some of the lessons I need to hear and to deal with some of the struggles I have. Things like failure. You fail all the time in sport. Failure is a great tool in order to learn how to grow. Well, I don't think we just fail all the time in sport. We fail all the time in all sorts of ways. I would yeah, I could do a big talk on that. She then talks about how she used to pray when she went to do a race, God, please let me win. And then she thought, well, what if everyone's praying that? God already knows the end result and he's in control. And then she had a very deep realization, um, which was this, when I'm unsuccessful or I fail, if we want to put it that way, it doesn't mean God doesn't love me or I've done something wrong. My job, regardless of what I'm doing, is always to bring my best. And I think all of us, that could be a kind of mantra for us in a way this morning. Our job, regardless of what we are doing, is always to bring our best. And then she says, I need to be able to sit before God and just say, I did everything I could. And I don't control much beyond that. And all those things that she says are applicable and true of us as well. We don't really control anything much at all except ourselves and we can only do our best and I believe that this can really bring us great hope this morning um, in a way that whatever the outcomes of the things in our lives that we are hoping for or waiting for if we can stay with say with Steph Reed that we've brought our best I think we can be really full of hope and even come all the way back to the joy that James speaks of that I referenced right back at the beginning. I think that those scriptures I mentioned from Peter and James are quite tough, but together and with Jesus, we can face our trials and the changes that we go through because this is the hope that we have as people of faith in Jesus. So my prayer for this morning has been that for those of us who are experiencing a loss of hope or even hopelessness, which is more difficult uh, and often manifests in perhaps feeling low or depressed or purposeless or just very tired sometimes. You know, where is the energy to keep going? My prayer is that these truths and the, the power of hope together will somehow re-energize us, those of us who need this. I, we're going to, I know, have uh, plenty of time for prayer, I think. And of course, it's the prayer that will, in a way, make the changes. But I hope that some of these things have been helpful or shed some light, if you like, on this question of hope and the, the, the kind of constant presence of change. Change is here to stay. So I'll read this last verse again. And hope does not put us to shame or disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
I'm just going to pray. Lord, I thank you so much for every single person who's here with us uh, together in this room. I thank you for every individual life that you have created specifically and prepared good works for to be done in your time, in your way, for your purposes. I want to ask you, Lord, that as we move on through the morning, I pray that you would visit every heart. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would enfold any who are feeling sad or lonely or lacking in hope. I pray that they would, she would know her, your arms around her. I pray that the truth of hope in you would penetrate even the darkest places within us, even places where we might have put a barrier around our hearts out of disappointment or fear or pain. I pray that you would break through any carapace that we've put there to protect ourselves. And we know, Lord, that if we love, we are therefore vulnerable and sometimes it's tempting not to love because to be vulnerable is too painful but we pray today that you would release love love for you love for each other love for the community and other communities that we serve our families our colleagues our workplaces and beyond those too because we want to be women who are able to love no matter the path of our life. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and work among us and within us in the time that we have remaining together and beyond this time of this morning, especially we pray because this morning is not the end. It's just a moment in all of our lives. So we pray that you would sustain us through all the changes that are coming upon our country and the world for those who aren't in this country and upon the church and in our own personal lives. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. We pray these things in your name, dear Lord Jesus. Amen.